This is sort of my review of Dickinson on Apple TV+. And this is a show that, to me, is worth at least doing the free trial, if not paying for the series, <laughs> for, the, for, for, for the service. I didn't have to pay for the service. We bought a new... Got, well, we got a new Apple TV 4K for Christmas to go with our 4K TV that we got for Christmas. So we got a year free of Apple TV Plus. And this show is too good. This show is worth the series, the, 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 the service. And it better get all the seasons. And we're going to talk about it on today's Project Shadow. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love. And today, we're going to be talking about Dickinson. And it took me a while to decide whether or not to talk about this show, just because it's on such a rarefied platform that I don't know how many of you have access to it. But it is so good, and I've watched it so many times, I feel like I'm doing myself and the show a disservice by not talking about it. So we're going to be talking about it today. And Today's going to be partially a review and partially a discussion of why this show is so important. But before we get into that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other, which is, after all why I do this podcast in the first place. Oh, and while you're doing all that, if you haven't subscribed already, don't forget to do that. So when I say that this show is important, what do I mean? Well, it is so important. It's not just because, yeah, I'm a cliche. Emily Dickinson is one of my favorite poets of all time. I love her work. I love her work. I love her work. I love her work. It's not just that. It's not just that they found a way to do a mashup of kind of Pride and Prejudice meets Little Women meets Mean Girls in a way that really shouldn't work, but does. Yeah, didn't know I needed that in my life. Definitely needed that in my life. But the main thing that this show does so well is it is the first magic realism show that I have seen produced in the United States for an American audience, and yes, technically a global audience, because, you know, Apple, but an American audience that really gets the genre. And magic realism is a, is, a, is a topic that I love. It is a genre that I love. So magic realism is different from fantasy in that, for the most part, racist reasons, and I really hate that about the genre, in fact, most South American works of fantasy are often termed magic realism, whether that term really applies or not. 
and that that's a problem. But as a genre itself, magic realism accepts that the story takes place in our world, in the real world. But there are breaks from reality where the magic in, not only intrudes, but is seen as normal. It is seen as just part of the world and the mysteries in which we live in. And it is there to add either to the flavor, to the subtext, or to the story itself. It may be the point of the story, or it may be an element in the story. But this isn't fantasy, as in we're going to Mordor to destroy the ring, or anything like that. And it's not urban fantasy in that it's set in the real world with elves and wizards and witches and whatnot in it. Magic realism accepts most of the normal conventional rules of our world, but with these breaks in reality that are there to kind of jar us and make us think about things in a different sort of way. And not to give spoilers, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers for this series, but I do want to talk about some of the ways that they get this right. The first is by casting Haley Steinfeld for this series. She is perfect as Emily Dickinson. She's wonderful as Emily Dickinson. I mean, the cast in general is phenomenal, and I love them. And I could spend the entire episode going one by one by one down the cast list and explaining why they're perfect. But the main thing that you need to know is that they found someone who can pull off the character of Emily Dickinson in a way that works. Because she is a character that is both sympathetic and unsympathetic. She is so possessed of her poetic mind and her own goals and dreams for the future that she could come across as an unsympathetic character. And at some points she does. But you need someone who can just play the depths that this character requires. And Haley Steinfeld is perfect, perfect for this role. She fills it wonderfully, as do the other characters. But where this story works, and why, if you can find a way to watch it, you need to find a way to watch it, is that it takes the poetic world in which Emily Dickinson wrote and weaves it into her life. So not only are you getting this kind of period drama, which does have a lot of the period drama story elements that you expect, which is why I made the kind of Jane Austen references, because it has those moments. But it finds a way to mix that with that kind of mean girl's sensibility that makes it feel fresh and of today, even though it's of then. And that works really well. And honestly, when you're watching a period piece, they can figure out how to fit Lizzo into the soundtrack and Billie Eilish into the soundtrack, and it not feel out of place, that you know they did something right. But one of the most powerful things that they did in the series is each episode is loosely inspired by one of the poems of Emily Dickinson. And so while they are drawing broadly from the events of her life, they're also spending a lot of time kind of giving insight into how various poems either came about or what they mean. Not 
in a way that you would expect from a series like this. And like, this is what this poem meant to Emily when she wrote it. It's taking the meaning and the depth within the poems themselves and bringing that to life through the characters of Emily and the people that were in her life. And that is a brilliant and beautiful thing to watch. One of the best ways they do this is through the character of Death, who is played by Wiz Khalifa, which I was surprised to see Wiz Khalifa acting. Didn't know that that was a thing that he did. He does. He's amazing. He is wonderful as Death. But adding that in, and if you're familiar with any of Emily Dickinson's poems, you know that she was obsessed with Death. That she talks about death as a friend, as somebody who she would go on long carriage rides with. Someone who she had an intimate relationship with. And we actually get to see this play out as the magical realism elements, as one of the magical realism elements of the show, where periodically she will go off and get in the carriage with death. And she will have conversations with death. And they're beautiful, and they're poignant, and they're moving. And they're really affecting. And they show either, depending on how you want to see it, this supernatural connection she has with the other side, where she can see that the Civil War is coming. She can see the great challenges that are coming into her life and into the world around her. Or as a manifestation of her own thought process as she's working through these things. But because it's just so simply, she turns around and there's death and his carriage, and she just gets inside. It's taken for granted as it should be in good magical realism. Though it is pointed out in one of the few breaks from the genre that the show has, where periodically you do see things from another character's point of view in the way that you do with Pan's Labyrinth, where no one else sees the fawn. No one else sees what she has seen. And I'm fine with that. You can take that as signs of her mental illness or what have you, what, however you want to read it. But the show very clearly puts itself in this state of magical realism so that you just take death as a character because he has a plot arc. He has a story of his own going alongside the story of his relationship with Emily. And it works and it's beautiful. And that is the one thing that is so odd about this show, is it is lighthearted, it is funny, it is serious, it is heartbreaking. And because of all that, it hits that mark of near perfection. Okay, I know that last line probably threw some people for a loop. Because you know I don't like using that P word, perfection. Because I think it's overly used. Or, and I don't like using it. And I think that it's very hard to get to that point, but at least with season one, and this is the glory that we've had over the last year between Dickinson and um, The Watchmen. I mean, we, we are getting close to perfection, really good uses of TV to tell stories that I have never seen before. And that's what feels so remarkably fresh and vibrant about Dickinson. Now, normally this is where I would go into spoilers, but that's why I didn't call this a review. 
This is more of a pleading, a begging, please find a way to watch this show. From the way that it embeds music into the story, the way the characters are written and acted, to the way the real problems that existed in the 1800s when the show takes place are portrayed. There is a vibrance and a life that most period pieces don't get because they take themselves too seriously. And that is what the, 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 the magic realism brings to this series. Because she runs off and talks to death. Because she has conversations with butterflies and bumblebees. And sometimes even with the dead. And because we have these breaks in reality, we are given license not to take the show too self-seriously, even when it needs to be. When it addresses the plight of women and the plight of slaves at the time, and politics of the time, and how they really reflect some of the politics that we have now, with her father being a Whig candidate for the House. They of representatives in DC. These storylines touch so closely to what we're dealing with now and what we dealt with then, but without getting bogged down in the heaviness that often comes with these topics. And I'm not saying that that heaviness is unwarranted or unnecessary. Sometimes you have to show the bleak horrors before people will understand what's going on. But one of the things that I found absolutely fascinating, and this isn't a spoiler, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but one of the episodes has a plot running through it of one of their employees, who is a freeman, who is hiding because there are slave hunters in town looking for an escaped slave. And he knows just because he's black, they could pick him up and take him back because they're not particular about who they pick up. They're not particular about who they capture. And this story, like several of the stories in the series, is taken absolutely seriously. But it is interspersed and interwoven with other topics. This particular series of episodes, we have the meeting of their literary society, where they're all coming together to discuss Othello and the themes of Othello and what this means. And Emily not understanding the culture and the world that she lives in and why it she should not have this Freeman read the part of Othello and why she needs to have him read the part of Othello. And as we see her struggling with trying to understand exactly her relationship to all of these topics of slavery and racism and the impending civil war. We, as viewers, get to go along with her on this ride and experience that for ourselves and start asking the questions for ourselves. Because that's what good fiction should do. It should make you think, not provide you with easy answers. And as we see her struggling with the role that she's been placed in as a woman in the 1800s, and we see this evolve 
throughout the series where she very glibly at one point says, I feel like a slave because I'm a woman. To actually start understanding the plight, not only of the slaves in the country, but of the freemen who live in terror of being taken back to that life of slavery just because they're black. And we see her evolution as she comes to terms with the world that she lives in, the horrors and the beauty. Because usually when we get a show that deals with these time periods, it picks one. It either goes into the beauty of the world and ignores all of that, you know, that horrible racism and sexism and all of that that existed back then so that we can have our nice things, or it fixates so heavily on those that it can't see anything good about the past. And that's the thing. You can't throw out everything. The past is checkered. The past is spotted. The past is full of good and bad and ugly and beautiful. And learning to find a path through, learning to recontextualize our own past through our modern sensibilities of what it would mean to be LGBT back then and what it means to be LGBTQ now. What does it mean to be a woman then? And what does it mean to be a woman now? What does it mean to be black then and to be black now? And how has our experience of racism in this country changed? Or has it? What are the lines? What are the changes? What makes us who we are? All of these things are explored in this beautiful series that remains lighthearted, even with its heaviness. And that is such a hard tightrope to walk. And one of the reasons I find this show so beautiful and powerful and moving. The actors are able to move between the serious, heavier topics and the more lighthearted moments in a way that doesn't feel jarring but feels natural because life has its dark moments and it has its light moments. And good fiction, when it imitates life, should have both as well. And this show finds that way to thread that needle so that we have the light and the dark. We have the harsh world that we live in and the dream world that we want to. This is a world where Emily can talk to death and befriend death and have a relationship with death. But at the same time, it is a world where death claims people without rhyme or reason or care. And it can ask all the questions that it needs to ask, but it doesn't feel the pressure to give you a long-winded answer. Because we have to find the answer. We see the injustice. We see how these characters deal with these injustices. And it makes us ask, well, who would I be? Would I be George? Would I be Emily? Who would I be in this situation? How would I navigate these waters? And as we ask the questions, we become better as people. We become deeper as people because we 
dared to ask. And that's what a lot of shows are afraid to have us do, be introspective at all. This show is a series about introspection while somehow staying connected to the outside world. And that's why, if you haven't seen it, if you can find a way to watch it, you really should. It is so good. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in another episode coming up because, oh, I have so much to say. And that one will probably have spoilers in it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. And if you, if you haven't subscribed yet, why not hit that subscribe button and get all the episodes as they come out? You only have to listen to the ones that you're interested in. But I do a lot of topics, and I would love to have you come along for the ride. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. Click that link and keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, I am C. Dorset on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. It really does help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the listener support. As little as a dollar a month really does go a long way in helping me, you know, keep the lights on and pay my bills because I, I rely on you all so much and you've always been there for me. And I want to say thank you for all your support over the years. And thank you to everybody who already does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody you think would like either this podcast or any of the work that I do, please share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. I feel weird talking about something that's on Apple TV Plus just because, you know, it does have kind of a restricted audience, but it was such a good show. I had to, if you want me to talk about more series over there, let me know if they're really, really good. I'll probably talk about them anyway. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.